Welcome back. Welcome in to the Lion's Share podcast. Well, it wasn't easy down in the Big Easy in New Orleans, but the Lions go up 21-0 early, only for it to come down to a Jared Goff pocket shuffle. Jump to Josh Reynolds to seal the win, 33-28 over the Saints. Dan Campbell gets the W over his old team, and the Lions get a much-needed victory to hold ground in the NFC. 9-3 on the year, and officially at last season's win total with nine wins this season. Wasn't pretty today, but they got it done. Seems like we've said that several times this year, and we'll get into all that about what the big picture is from this win over the Saints and what this means going forward. Now in the home stretch, five games remaining for the Lions. Back again with Mitch and Andrew. Mitch back from PTO. And also, I think you probably saw this in the show notes, but it's your one-year anniversary of being a member of this podcast. You know, not counting the phone-in portions that you included, but the official member of the third seat of this podcast. So what did you think of the Lions present to you on your one-year anniversary of the Lions Share podcast? First of all, thank you so much for keeping track of that. It's been an absolute honor to be on the show with you guys. I'm a little sentimental that it's my one year. It's been amazing. I uh, I guess it was an acceptable gift. I wish it was a little more stress-free. I wish they would have, you know, just kind of won by a few touchdowns. Even two would be great. Uh, so it was, you know, it's like something you get and you're like, yeah, that's fine. That's that's how I felt about today. Yeah, the Lions, uh, if the first quarter could have been the rest of the game, if it was all like the first quarter, it would have been a great day for the Lions. Um, but we'll, we'll break that down a little bit further. Got to give a shout out to Andrew. Incredible, incredible call by you on Wednesday's episode to call for one Sam Laporta to have a breakout game. And literally, that's what he did today. A career day for him. Even broke some lines. Tight end records on the day. Permission to take a victory lap here, sir. Uh, permission denied. I wish we could have gone three for three. We got the Jameis, the other prediction we had. Uh, we just needed the the defensive secondary to have that breakout, which that would have been the trifecta and almost would have had the pick on that big Olave catch down the stretch, if not for the tip, it would have gone right to Jerry. See, you you said Jameis, but I think you meant J-Mo, and I wasn't going to bring up the fact that, you know, you missed the third with Kirby Joseph, because, you know, people don't remember things, but they don't remember what you said in the last episode. I was only going to give you credit for the good things. No, I mean Jameis. Jameis Winston. We were calling for him to make a, to make a debut here. So then I would correct you and say three or four then, because you had the Laporta breakout game, J-Mo to find the end zone. You had, you had that in there as well. J-Mo, Jamison Williams to score a touchdown. You had that. That's two of two. Jameis Winston showing up in this game. That's three of three. And then, of course, we, you didn't get the Kirby Joseph INT, but like you said, it was, it was sniffed at. There were a couple opportunities for that secondary to get an INT today. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'll stop being humble. Love to see J-Mo get in the end zone, though. The huge dive down. And they're doing it creatively, the double reverse there. Um, wish they would do it a little more creatively. It was kind of uh, kind of thrown out there. But I think they're trying to just get him involved. We'll, we'll save that. We'll table that for a little bit further down here in the, in the rundown. Oh, no, let me correct myself, too. The Lions, of course, did get an INT today with the Brian Branch interception. Uh, Kirby Joseph did not get one. Um, but there were a couple opportunities when Jameis came in off the tips and 
uh, that incredible, whatever you want to call it, down the stretch where they tip a ball to Olave. That was sickening, really, um, and something that we know to come in love or wait, know to we come to know and love as a Lions fan. Let's straighten that up and let's keep this train on the tracks, Ben. Um, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the stats before we go into our topics and breakdown of the game. Real quickly, uh, not a great stat day for the Lions. They lost a lot of the categories, actually, even though they come out victorious 33-28. to 28, uh, They won the turnover battle, most importantly. Brian Branch with the early, early INT off the tip, one-handed, very fancy, made it look easy. Love that for the rookie. And then uh, the fumble, the snap snafu that New Orleans had and that covered up by uh, Paschal with the fumble recovery there for the Lions. That was your two turnovers for the Lions, and the Lions did not turn the ball over on offense, but they had a couple close calls, but 2-0 in the turnover battle nonetheless. Uh, But talking about the categories that they lost, they lost in terms of yards offensively. They lost third down percentage. They lost the red zone percentage. They lost the time of possession, and the penalties were a push. So all all those to say, you know, you're not often going to win games when you lose all those categories, but the Lions do figure it out. Uh, had a huge start to the game, as we mentioned, 21 nothing to start things off. Looked like they were going to blow the doors off the Saints, and they let the Saints back in, and uh, that's just kind of what it is. But let's talk about this a little bit deeper. Let's talk about something positive. Let's start with the positives, and um, Mitch and I kind of singing the same tune here. It was a little bit tougher to come up with some positives this week. Um, even though they did have that hot, hot start, uh, it just was overall, it was a, it was a tough day um, at times. So let's talk about something positive. New Orleans, aka Detroit 2.0, because the fans were so strong today. The Let's Go Lions, I would say, were probably the loudest I've heard on the road. Andrew, you sent me a TikTok of the pregame festivities. There were just a sea of blue outside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, so... So what could we say about how strong the fans were once again on the road for the Lions? I mean, what can't you say about this traveling team? I mean, they've made nearly every road team and road uh, road stadium a home stadium for the Lions. So they're giving them the best opportunity. Um, just got to keep it up, honestly. And good for them for doing it, but keep it up. Don't lose faith. You know, we went on that rocky slide. So I think that's good. You know, it shows that they got the players back. Yeah, I, I, I mean the fans are just incredible. We talked. I feel like we we end up talking about this every week during away games. It's just it's unreal how well they're traveling and they legitimately are taking over stadiums. It's it's almost like obviously they have a home field advantage, but that travels so much better when you have the the fans behind you on away games. That is. I mean, that means something, obviously. It's it's huge for them. And, you know, they talked about it a few times during the game today. New Orleans can be a tough place to play, but the, the Lions had the support. They sure did. And and we mentioned it in the last episode, but really strong on the road. Yeah, uh, only one loss, and that was the ugly one to Baltimore. We, pre- we pretend that didn't happen, but that's your one loss on the road for the Lions. They've been incredibly strong on the on the road this year. And uh, hope that continues down the stretch because they've got a couple more, a uh, couple big ones in uh, one, one being Minnesota and the Cowboys game, which to be seen on how important those are for the seedings and the playoff push. But we will, we will talk about those when they come up. Let's move to the offense and uh, feel free, gentlemen, to to snag anything from other areas if you want to include it if you think it fits here. So 
talk about the offense. Laporta, your big shining star for the day today. Uh, just all all game long, which he's had flashes. He's had a couple of really good quarters. This was probably his most complete game, no doubt. Um, on the on the uh, a passing receiving attack, he had 140 yards on nine catches. The one touchdown and uh, one of those going for 48 yards, nine targets today, nine catches. So catching everything that came his way, including a couple big third downs down the stretch. He was that safety blanket once again for Goff. Uh, he's chasing history at this point. I can't remember who it is from the Philadelphia Eagles, um, but but nearing uh, the all-time rookie tight end record, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I'm getting thumbs up from the boys in Andrews not confidently giving me anything but that's that's neither here nor there um saint brown the other leading receiver today but only with two catches that is it has been a long time since saint brown has only had two catches on the day six targets two catches 49 yards and he did find the end zone with the one touchdown but outside of that everybody else on the lines receiving core one catch one catch for reynolds one catch for williams jama that is one catch for brock wright one catch for Montgomery and one catch for Gibbs. Uh, both of the running backs having one catch today, both going for negative yards because that was just the struggle behind the behind the line of scrimmage there with those passes that that were coming from Goff. So overall, uh, started off the day running the ball really heavily on the first drive, set the tone, and then kind of got away from it. Um, but in terms of receiving, 213 yards through the air today, receiving for the Lions' core, and then. Rushing was 142 yards on the ground. So what did you guys think about the offense today, and uh, what were your big takeaways? Um, the offense today was boom or bust, and we saw a lot of boom early, a lot of bust as of late. I mean, exactly what you said shows that, right? A lot of guys with low catches, high yardage, um, it, and then ground and pound is what it ended up being. Eat the clock early, eat the clock late. That's kind of what it became. That's what their mantra is going to have to be. Offensive line leaning on people. And that might be the biggest takeaway from the day is the injury to Frank Rag. Now, it's it's going to be scary. I know you guys both mentioned Soresdale in your halftime reports, but that's that was the biggest takeaway. Yeah, I... I have a lot to say. I think we'll get we'll get into it a little bit when we focus a more on on golf. But that opening drive was my favorite drive of the season. That that to me was what the Lions want to be and should look to be. And we you know that's one of Andrew's big things. A lot is you can't get behind and you know they they blew the game open and it was just run 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 right down their throats. Um, you know and they kind of they kind of stalled out and. I'm pointing the finger. I'm pointing the finger at Goff, and you know I've got a little more. I've got some more notes on that, but yeah, they just sputtered. I don't. I don't know what it was. They sputtered. I, I mean, they the, they played great in the first quarter, and in the fourth quarter, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I was frustrated today. I was elated with the the first drive, like you said, that was perfect, especially after the Green Bay stinky game. That was great to see them. You know. Right the ship right off the bat, not wasting any time. Go, go, go hardcore down the field. The first drive of the game that was huge and set the tone for the game. Unfortunately, they just sputtered. Like you said, that was that was the toughest part about the days. Such a strong start across the board. The defense even looked. I mean, we'll talk defense in a little bit, but the defense looked new and improved even without Anzalone out there. Um, and then the offense, 
excuse me, the offense um, put up 33 points today. But like you said, Mitch, uh, in our discussions, like didn't feel like they put up 33 today. And let's before we talk golf here, what do you guys think about Ben Johnson and the play calling that he had today? I mean, a lot of people kind of harping on Ben Johnson. He's getting a little bit of hate here, normally much beloved in in the Detroit circles. But Ben Johnson's getting a little bit of uh, hate here based on play calling and, uh, you know, the conservative plays running the ball a lot on first down when when the defense knows it's coming and it's just not working sometimes. I think part of that is just the offensive line. It's just the unluckiest offensive line group ever. They, they can't stay healthy. And, you know, I guess we'll see what happens with Ragnow. It sounds like it might not be. It might not be season ending, but they're not totally sure. So, you know, obviously we hope he's okay. But I would agree. It's like he comes up with these genius plays sometimes, but then other times it does seem like he falls into this predictability. And it's like, well, you know, second and eight, I can almost bet this is a run. Or then, you know, then we're in third and four and you know it's going to be a pass. You know, I don't know. I, it's hard to it's hard to knock a guy whose offense is putting up as many points as he is, and maybe that's part of it. It's just the curse of being good. We just expect the Lions offense to do really well all the time, but you do open yourself up when you go on a just scoreless drought where you can't put the ball in. And I think in the notes, Ben, you called it out at the end of the half. They probably should have had six at the end of the half there, so maybe some points left on the board, and it wasn't necessarily their fault, but... I don't know. I think maybe we're getting a little greedy, but I I see it at the same time. Yeah, the big thing was no turnovers today. Yeah, not for lack of trying. They tried to uh, turn it over on the first snap of the game and almost ruin what you're calling their greatest drive of the season. Um, I still think Ben's a great play caller. Still love him. I mean, I saw it so many times, and it's their MO. They'll have action to the left before the play. They'll run it. It'll be a run left. Next play, they'll have action to the left. And you think it's going to be that same play or, you know, a variation of it. And just just as you know it, they've got Jameer Gibbs cut back. Now he's running right. Next play, they're going to have action to the left. What do you know? It's a play action this time. and The defense gets sucked up. So I still love Ben. I, I love that he does that. He tries to get defense in, defenses into a lull of knowing what's coming up and then bam hitting with hitting you with something that's just kind of out of the ordinary you're not going to see it coming i think that's kind of his mo but the biggest struggle has obviously been the red zone and vice versa the defense struggling to keep offenses out of the red zone when they get there that was my biggest takeaway <laughs> well, we talked about it in the group chat but gibbs nearly gets in in the end zone early in the game here uh, with that with that nice run comes up just short did you guys have any fear there? Like they're not going to be able to score because of their red zone issues, right? I think he gets down to, I don't know, maybe the two or the three. He was inside the five, I think, right? Um, I had a little bit of fear in my heart. I'm not going to lie. I had a little bit of fear. Like I would have loved to see him just score there. Now I don't know if I could trust this offense to to get it in, I, honestly. I, I feel good when they're on the five-yard line and in. But t- 20 to 5 is where I get nervous. That's where I'm like, yeah, I don't know if they can do this because at that point, a lot of times it feels like Goff is looking at Laporta, St. Brown, and 
like tunnel vision. Like that's the, those are the only two guys he sees. So five and in, I feel good that Montgomery can punch it in. But yeah, to your point, I, you know, I get a little nervous when they are in that kind of gray area around the 10 yard line. Are we ever going to see him throw a fade to JMO? You want to get into it? You can get into uh-huh. it. Yeah. I mean, well, I, like what's going well. on with JMO? I, I mean, like these are my notes on golf. Like I, I can't tell, like we're, he's been playing long enough in the season. He came back a long time ago and Andrew kind of alluded to it. Why do we have to figure out these crazy trick plays to get JMO the ball? I, I, I don't understand it. There have to be earlier ways. I mean, he got the early catch, which was another good catch. So to me, it's like, okay, we know we can catch it in traffic. And maybe he's just one of those guys that can make every contested catch and he's just going to have the wide open drops. That's whatever. That's fine. But I, I don't understand why it's such a struggle to get to him. And my my conspiracy theory is, is he too fast for Jared Goff's arm? And I think that that's legit. I think we see a lot of times Jared has a hard time he doesn't have a howitzer. I think he throws a pretty ball. He can get some arc under it. Um, but even today, it's like he didn't turn the ball over, and I think he's getting praised. But he struggled. He missed some open throws. And, you know, I, I don't know that the deep threat is there, and that's why they brought in JMO. So JMO is MIA, and I think it lies more with Goff than anyone else. Well, and and we I, I have it in the notes here. It's you, like, you hit him early, and then he had no targets until late, late in the game. On a contested catch where there was PI, like you alluded to, and then they kind of go to Josh Reynolds more down the down down the next couple drives, and it was like a lot of those routes that Reynolds was running, I thought would have been perfect for JMO. I think it's been what I've been asking for is more crowd, crossers, more slants, like like those aren't the those aren't real tough throws for Goff to get some confidence built up with him and JMO. Like that doesn't have to be the deep ball. I get it if Goff's not confident or not able to get those streaking routes to JMO get him involved some other way because he's a playmaker. Just get him involved. You guys think it has anything to do? Like, is he too, is he too skinny? Is he too small? I, I feel like he is like the lightest guy on the field at all times. I, I, I mean, even I, looking at him, he just looks soft. I just, I agree. I don't know if, uh, I, I don't know if Tommy can look this up, but you know, like he's gotta be similar to Devonte Smith, right? I, yeah, I think so. And I don't, I mean, he's taken hits. Well, I don't know. I I think it's more than anything. I think golf just can't throw it to him deep. I just don't think Did, golf can, because there's not enough. There's too much attention on St. Brown, Laporta. You know, for a fact, if you run JMO on a streak, he's going to get some one-on-ones. If nothing else, throw the ball down there and get some PIs, do something, find a way to make him a deep threat. It may be, Silver lining, pie in the sky. Maybe they're just saving him for the playoffs. You know, I told I started the day with positive vibes to you guys, and then I abandoned that in about five seconds into the second quarter. But I don't know. I don't understand why they're not using him more. It doesn't make any sense to me. Five seconds into the game, you mean, once they have the fumbled snap right off the bat. Yeah, I don't understand. But, but you're right. I've... How often do we see the Lions get a PI down the down the field, like forty yards down the field? We never see it. They never they never do it. They just don't. I mean, there's occasions. There's occasions like they do the flea flicker, like they do some weird bonus plays, trick plays, whatever you want to call them. I don't know why they don't try it, right? Like on second and one, it just just on a on an opportunity to try to make a chunk play because 
that would be a nice element to this offense. That way you don't have to march down the field. Let's get some chunk plays. They've done it down this, down a couple of these games this year. Like I'm not saying they don't do it, but it seems like there's an opportunity there to have more more of those plays, right? And and to your point about Goff, like I don't know if you guys can remember the throw to St. Brown that got got batted down. It was a great defensive play, but that's a little bit behind. Like that's that's a throw you got to make on the other side of the, sh- the other shoulder, you got to lead St. Brown more on that that catch, which would have been a third. I think it was a third down, so it would have been a huge pickup uh, in the third or fourth quarter. I can't remember, but that's those little things where where Jared, like you said, Jared's not in a perfect environment. He's getting a little bit more pressure than he's used to. He's not moving around the pocket like we've seen him do um, in the in the last year. It's more a couple years ago, golf. So you're right about it. You're right about that. Um, and you nailed maybe, it. Not- maybe go. Maybe JML is the ace in the hole. I, maybe he is, but you that same Brown catch, I thought the same thing. And when I texted you guys, golf is a problem. It was on a completion to Laporta, and it was just a good catch by Laporta. All golf has to do is lead him, and I think it was a third down conversion. It was a huge part in the game. So a completion's a completion, but if golf just throws it out in front of him and set it behind him, Laporta probably runs for some extra yards. So he just, the last three weeks he has not looked good Andrew you and I talked about this uh yesterday in our Fortnite endeavors but I'd like to bring it up for Mitch's Mitch's sake here uh while while we while we got you so and that was you know we're looking forward to next year Hennon Hooker um coming off the IR uh we've talked about it in the offseason episodes of the Lions share go back and listen rate us five stars but you're going to have real discussions if golf continues like the play that we've seen, like you alluded to these last three weeks. I think there's going to be a lot of media discussion about Hendon Hooker. Maybe he's the guy of the future. Maybe you let golf walk. I don't think I want to see that happen. I'm just saying I think that's the, going to be the discussion. And we have alluded to it. Goff and, and, and Hooker are only, I think, two, three years apart. So golf 29 and, and Hendon will turn 26 in January. And I think I go ahead, Andrew. I was just going to say the the most mind-boggling part of it all is how close they are in age. I've got a stat for you guys. I'll I'll drop a little uh, I'll drop a little nugget that'll blow your mind, but to me it it's good and bad. It's bad this season because I want golf to play better. I want him to be I want them to win a game and blow people out. I want them to just bump somebody. Just do it one time against a team that's decent. But thinking long term and in the future, coming up on a contract year, Goff is just playing himself out of money. So in short term, ouch, please play better please play better play better, Jared. Like that would be amazing. But long term, they probably get him for a lot cheaper if he keeps it up. That's a good point. Stat that, that was, was that was kind of my point. Go ahead. Raheem Mostert is two years older than Todd Gurley. What? Isn't that crazy? Leading the NFL in touchdowns, two years older than the retired Todd Gurley. Well, it's, what's Gurley, like 31 too, 32? Mostert's 31. Gurley's 29. Oh, I didn't know he was in his Mostert is the same wow. age as Le'Veon Bell. Oh, <laughs> now, you're, now you're getting crazy. <laughs> yeah. Th- that's crazy. I I don't know. My my biggest thing is that I still think it's going to be for how many years they end up signing golf for. 
I think that's going to be the biggest determiner in how he plays down the stretch. Mitchell thinks it's going to be a three-year deal. I also think it's going to be a three-year deal. He's going to ask for a five-year deal, and he's most likely going to ask other teams for a five-year deal. He's going to be a 30-year-old dude looking to get signed up for his last contract of his career, and he's going to make sure he's, he gets his worth. I hope it's three years. I I don't think you can do more than three years, but then Mitchell, yeah, you're right. Then it's just dollars at that point. The worse he plays coming down the stretch here, the worse that contract looks. But if they get to the playoffs, they win a couple playoff games. That contract starts looking very lucrative, but then there's a bunch of other puzzle pieces and how you can keep signing guys. And I think Goff is smarter than that as well. I think he's on the Tom Brady route where he's going to take less to get more talent around him. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I think it's all just a matter to me. I think I I think I had said this to you guys. I, I hope the last game of the year is meaningless for a lot of reasons. It would be amazing if the last game of the year was meaningless and Hendon Hooker was good to come in and play. That would be great. Yeah, perfect scenario. Yeah, you totally thought I was talking about Aaron Rodgers too. Yeah, well, I just wanted to cover my bases. I, yeah, I just, you know, I, he came back too, or he got activated too. So I just wanted to make, you know, we're, we are a Lions first podcast, but come here for all your NFL action. Absolutely. Yeah, but that was bait. That was 100% bait. And you took it. So I'm glad you did. Um, this is a, another point while we wrap up golf disca- discussion that I wanted to talk about. And that's. I think Goff and, and Aaron Glenn are about, uh, kind of you have the same similar problem with both of them. Like both of them are not holding you back per se, but they aren't bringing you forward either. Like, amen, brother. That is like that is the best way to put it. Goff isn't necessarily going to lose you games other than the last two weeks. Then he for sure does. But he's not going to win you games like I don't game on the line. A hundred times out of a hundred. I take Matt Stafford over Jared Goff. Without a doubt, there's several quarterbacks that I would take over Goff. No offense to Goff, yeah, we've just, okay, that's how it is. Yeah, no offense to him, but we've we've pretty much seen his ceiling, and and I like his ceiling. I like what it is. It's it's really good. It's the facilitator, like we always ask for. How much is a facilitator going to cost? Is the question. That's <laughs> the that's the million dollar question. The the several million dollar question. All right, let's talk about the offensive line. We we mentioned it. We got a a, a quarter and a half, roughly, of a full strength, strength offensive line today. And in this season, it's just been up and down. No one can stay healthy one position or another. Ragnow, as we alluded to, goes out with the the knee injury, as they're calling it. No official word, but we'll have we'll have more on that on Wednesday. Jonah Jackson was back. That was good to see. Um, and there's only one true center on this team. I went and looked at the depth chart on this, and uh, there is only one center, and that's Ragnow. So Glasgow shifts over to center, and then Sorsdal comes in. Who we've got to talk about Sorsdal because Andrew and I, you talked about, we talked about this, but he wasn't supposed to be in this position, so you can't really harp on him too much. He's a fifth rounder. He's a rookie. Like there's so much going against him. The other big thing is he's a tackle, not a guard. He played his offensive or his. His career at William and Mary at tackle, and so you're asking him to play guard as a rookie. There's a lot. There's not a lot in his favor. Um, so I'd be curious to know what you guys think of Sorsdal, and uh, if you think Dan Skipper should be playing over Sorsdal. Well, 
clearly the coaching staff sees something that we don't, so I'll just trust them. But old boy's getting beat up the last last couple games here. Getting beat up bad. And I not getting push on on the run plays. Just getting like if I'm a, if I'm a D lineman, I see so I'm across Sorsdal, I'm smashing the B button. Just smashing the B button on the pass rush. So it's a tough spot. I understand it. Uh they just gotta get healthy. They they gotta get healthy. And I don't know if Skipper's better. I think Skipper is I don't know. I, I to me it's probably because the ceiling on Sorsdal is higher than Skipper. But right now, do you want ceiling and floor that you get with Sorsdal, or do you just want the consistency that you get with Skipper? Well, yeah, and I think I just think back to last season when they had to plug in guys, and one of those was Dan Skipper. I mean, we had the whole locker room chanting "Skip, Skip, Skip" after he's getting game balls after last season. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm curious why they don't lean on a veteran there and go to the rookie. But like you said, they must see something. I think it's because uh, I would say Sorsdale is a little better in the in the run defense blocking wise than than Stan is. Now he's pretty brutal in pass blocking. It's rough to watch him. He gets so much separation between him and the next guy. It leaves massive voids. Um, so that's tough. I think Skipper beats him in that regard. But, I mean, it, it had to have been because of the game plan of the day that we were going to go run heavy. That was the game plan of the day. We're not getting off this game plan. Bring in Swordsdale. You're not going to rotate the two of them. No. No, it's not. It's just not, that's not what you do. Um, all we got to say is we trust Hank Fraley and you know he's putting the best unit out there that he can given there's been, you know, 12 different variations of this offensive line this year it seems and and once again right back to square one here with an injury to your your kingpin of that offensive line which is Frank Ragnow the center. So I was happy to see that Glasgow can step up and be play that role though because the center quarterback exchange is is pivotal uh, in in the offense, so uh, I was happy to see not too many issues there. Um, I think there was a false start by Glasgow, but that was that was about it. Um, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, the big captain was missing today, Alex Anzalone. Cons- congratulations to him and his wife for the birth of their child. We're happy for them, and and good for him to get uh, healthy on the off week here and and get healthy for a mobile quarterback who we have in the near future with Justin Fields. Alex Anzalone and his wife look like they are siblings. I I agree. I was I wasn't gonna say it, but I agree. I I think everybody was thinking it. Uh, the Lady Lions direct quote was, "Can you imagine if that baby came out with brown hair?" <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact. It's just a fact. They look so similar. It's cr- and you get these couples every once in a while, right? Where you see them and you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Jim, that's one of those couples. They look shockingly alike. They would be welcomed with open arms in Germany around the 1930s, 40s. Yeah, get them up in some later hosen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they need to do some 23 and Me. I think you're right. Um, I also think that his wife—I don't know her name. Sorry, that's on me. But I think she kind of gets a little bit of resemblance with Trevor Lawrence too. Oof. Now I feel like you're making it personal I'm, for, for old boy. I'm getting yeah, that's kind of rough. You can see it. I see it, but uh, yeah, but uh, I don't know if you're gonna want to say it. I already did it, so yeah, he yeah, too late. <laughs> we're, we're past that. 
What do you think we edit this? Tommy's got enough to do as it is. So I don't think there's any time for editing in his busy, busy schedule. So yeah, I thought the but, defense didn't do terrible today, though. I mean, it did eventually. And I think Andrew, Andrew's favorite saying, we struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I wrote it down in the notes. Where is Aiden Hutchinson? I like like early. He had some nasty spin moves throughout the game. He 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 does a lot, uh, only to just not get to the quarterback. He does. He's doing a lot out there. He's just not getting home. You you have got to start putting some sacks up. I mean, I and, and I think at first to me, I kept making the excuse for him, like he's getting all these pressures. There's just no one else to help him out. That's okay, but like you you got to start getting some sacks every once in a while. He's he's on pace to finish. With single-digit sacks, am I wrong? Like, dude, you no, got to start no, getting some right. production somewhere. Nearly got one today. Uh, him and Bruce Who's Irvin. Close? Bruce Irvin getting a sack in his Lions debut. Good for him. Also getting the roughing the passer. Not so good for him. That's uh, not his th- fault. The rules have changed a lot in his day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought of that too. He's like, like the greater part of his career. That's not a penalty. So it's like. How can you tell him not to have muscle memory? It definitely was. I don't think that should be a penalty. To me, that's clean. Like to me, there's three things that qualify that should qualify as roughing the passer: below the knees, above the neck, and a late hit. The driving into the ground, I get it, but like that's just a textbook tackle by him. As soon as he did it, I was like, "Damn it!" But you know what? That probably helped us in the long run. We don't ask for injuries, but when they happen, they happen. Correct. Yeah, I think you want to go ahead and call that one old school hit. And I mean, you could just, you know it when you see it and it sucks because that's football to me. But at the same time, I know that gets called every time. Yeah, right. That, that's the tough part about it. Did, did, we, did we know anything about Carr? I didn't look it up. But was that the same kind of AC joint issue that he was dealing with before? Was it the same shoulder? Well, I think Probably. it was... It was his shoulder and concussion. I think he was. Oh, yeah. I think it was both because I mean he did kind of snap back on the turf. Um, Got it. Oh, yeah. It just says he's in he's in concussion protocol right now. That's that's tough. And the Saints it's still very much alive in that division. By the way, they only one game back, I think, from the Falcons, which is just incredible. God, that division is just horrible. I um. I got a text from a Saints fan that he, that's here, and they they are very very adamant about Dennis Allen being gone soon. Oh, you know soon, one soon, of those? Soon. What do they like? Uh, How do they interact cool. with people? What do they eat? Um, you know, uh, a typical American diet. Oh, okay. I guess that makes no. sense. The thing is, they're not a native New Orleans person, so they're just geographically that's their team. Okay, so, so they just say like they, they do they pronounce it New Orleans or are they one of those people so, like if you if you no. say it like that? Okay, so it's New Orleans. No. Yeah, it, well, and so the tie-in here is that during Katrina, New Orleans played their games in San Antonio, so they got some fans from San Antonio who aren't Cowboys or Texans fans in that process. So that's the storyline behind it all. Are you friends with like a teenager? Nope. How, why would what would that have to do with Katrina? Wasn't Katrina in like two thousand five? Eight? Five, maybe? I think that has I think that's Andrew, can I get a ruling? Was that not a valid question? 
think you had to live for two minutes. I was never a math whiz, so. You <laughs> mean, not never a math whiz, but I'll tell you, you sure are good with that saran wrap. <laughs> uh, that's a little Easter egg for those listeners out there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Gotta, Needs gotta another eliminate. heat treatment, buddy. That's Michigan, baby. Yeah, I don't even know what that's about. Gotta be dra- gotta be eliminating that draft. I I would imagine. Put a thermal <laughs> gun up next to that, and there's no air getting through that for sure. Thing is sealed tight. All right. Um, I would say this about Taysom Hill. I will say this about Taysom Hill. I was glad they didn't use him more. I, the broadcasters alluded to it, but it was like a couple obvious Taysom Hill scenarios. The big one was like that second and three, I think. And I think maybe they thought they had the first down there. So they trot out Jameis again because they think it's a first down. I, that's all I could amount it to. But it was like, oh, this is like perfect taste in middle territory. He he really brought them in, it back into this game, it felt like for me. I th- that was their spark um, in the second quarter to kind of get the ball rolling. They looked so stagnant on offense. And then Taysom Hill comes in and provides a spark. And I think that's ultimately what moved the, uh, moved the momentum into the Saints' favor. Andrew, I'm shocked you haven't said more about this. I they didn't really have an answer for Taysom Hill. If if it were me and I'm the Saints, as soon as Carr goes down, it, it's Taysom Hill's team. Until until the Lions force a couple three and outs, why not just leave him in there? Let him throw the ball. Let him do. I mean, he had a, he had a missed throw, a couple missed throws today, but nothing crazy. Right? Yeah. Thank goodness for the line or for the Saints. Offensive coordinator and Dennis Allen, because that could have been potentially hurtful for the Lions. Yeah, I don't know if the Saints are just bad at watching film that they they don't realize the Detroit Lions can't stop a mobile quarterback. They did it several times. We even saw Derek Carr get booed as he re-entered the game. The fans are so fed up with it. So it's just kind of comical. Uh, I I don't know. I would have kept him in. So I I don't understand why why you take him out and. Uh, we brought it up on Wednesday's show as well. Not sure if he got a contract in the offseason as well to keep him in New Orleans. But if that's the case, like the same the same argument when he was with Sean Payton. What are, Sean Payton, what are you paying paying him for to not play him? He was clearly the answer that the Lions couldn't stop. Uh over the cap dot com, Taysom Hill, four year forty million. That has him in You're New Orleans him. through. I, I can't understand this. Free, he'll be a free agent in 2026. He's got a. He's getting 10 million dollars a year, and he's got to have the lowest snap count per dollar earned in the NFL. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. Any guesses on how old Taysom is? Uh, 32. What's exactly oh, what I was going to say? 33. Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we know that we know we know much has been made about the Saints contracts and, and salary cap. So maybe it does make a lot of sense that he's in this contract, right? I I don't know. I, I I'm trying to get the hard number. So he's guaranteed ten million dollars, I guess. Yeah, so four year forty million. Uh and he's got a weird okay, I don't want to make this into a salary cap episode, but his base salary is one million, but a restructured bonus of eight point eight. I don't understand any of this. A dead cap value of twenty four million dollars to the cap. I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. But he's he's a saint for the near future. So well, I guess we won't see him making that trip over to Denver then, Andrew. 
No, not at that age either. No, I mean, yeah, he's got it. He's on the tail second half of his career. Um, but the Saints came into this game not very good in the red zone. Lions do what they do, and they made the them look good in the red zone. They were four for four in the red zone today were the Saints. Um, Lions defense just continues to struggle in the red zone and on third down. That's what it comes down to for me. Um, and I think the, frust- the most frustrating part is they have a couple good drives early where they get off the field, but there's these middle of the middle of the game scenarios, like the second and the third quarter. It's the team, it's team wide, so it's not just the defense, but the defense specifically here, where they just can't get off the field, and and it's not always like a penalty or a fluke play, like a tip pass to Olave, but there's times where they just straight up aren't, they just can't get off the field in in four downs, they just can't, and that's what's most frustrating about it for me is like. If you can't get off the field against the Saints, like how how do you expect to win meaningful games, right? I mean, they've got a couple good wins on the year, but uh, I, I don't know. I need to see more from the defense. Like sometimes it feels like there's nothing redeemable about the defense, and that's what's the biggest issue for me is this boomer bust. Like, when is the defense going to answer the call? I I think that's the question that every single Lions fan is asking themselves, seeing it year in and year out. And, and I mean, it really just starts up front because every time it seems like that defensive backfield, who has been the Achilles heel, seems like every time they hold their own, the defensive front just can't seem to get there. Yep, it's not complimentary. And the, and the, the secondary is not helping out the defensive line, the defensive line, the the. the those in the box aren't helping out the secondary. Uh, that 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 brings us right into our final discussion, which is the big picture. Mitch, you said this, and I quote: "This looks like a first-round playoff loss team." And I think I generally would agree with you um, for all the reasons that I just mentioned. And and that's it's hard for me to envision this team putting together four quarters against a good team and coming out victorious. I think they're scrappy. They're going to be in any game that they they do potentially play in the playoffs, but I think there's missing pieces on the defense and, uh, you know, with an Aaron Glenn led defense, I think that's where the issues uh, lie for me. Yeah. I just, I don't see a situation the way that they're playing right now. They just, until they can, I know I've said it already until they can really stick it to a team and show that like, okay, we're for real and we can, we can like, put it on somebody. I just don't see it. I mean, it, obviously I'm saying that as a, as a gut reaction and it would depend on who they play. But at this point, it just, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me for them to get in and get bounced in the first round. That, that's how they've been playing the last four weeks. I don't know. This team feels special. This team feels like a one playoff win team, but uh, I don't know if they push for that NFC title. Yeah. Uh, I I do, depending on the matchup, like I said, Mitch, I do see the potential for a winning moment in the playoffs. Um, but it's for the look, the offense can probably play with any team out there. Look, the, the offense is great and they do have their issues. Goff, Ben Johnson, play calling, conservative, too aggressive, whatever it may be. They do have their issues. But if they put it all together, I have a 100% trust in the offense. I do not have a 100% trust in the defense to put it together, yet, let alone put a quarter together so i think that's once again where where my issues lie is even if everything goes right on defense i still think they give up 
20 points a game or 14, at least two scores a game. Like, yeah, the defense has had a couple outings this year where they, they've had lower scoring games, but it's against some lowly, lowly offenses and in, in like the Oakland or not the Oakland, but the, the L, Las Vegas Raiders, right? Like you don't have anything you can really hang your hat on in terms of scoring. And and we've talked about it. Some of those are off tor- turnovers and the offense putting the defense in a bad spot, fourth downs that shouldn't be gone for. But I, I don't have trust in the defense. That's what it comes down to for me. All right, let's do let's do any final talk, talks about the game before we uh, before we roll the halftime capsules. Going once, going twice. Roll them. Are we gonna forget about that poor guy's leg? Oh no, no, save that for the bonus. Save that for okay. the bonus. Halftime capsules. Halftime capsule up twenty four to seven versus the Saints. We saw the exciting, awesome, total team Lions from maybe the first half of the year where the things were going so well in the first quarter, up 21-0, just absolutely rolling. And then the second quarter turned back into regression lines that we've seen the last few weeks here. And, you know, they got to figure it out. They got to figure out what their identity is right now going down is a huge, huge piece of this. You can tell Sorsdahl is just absolutely struggling right now. He's not getting a lot of movement up front. Um, getting beat on some pass blocks there at the end of the half. You saw we probably had a couple opportunities for a touchdown there, and Sorsdahl just couldn't hold his own. So uh, we're going to see what they're made of in the second half. You're up, you're up three scores uh, against a bad Saints team, and you got to put them away here. Um, no excuses, no excuses. They got to pound it home here and show the NFL that they are they are for real. Got to keep it going. Started in the trenches and. Goff's got to get a little more comfortable, starting to get a little worried about our guys, starting to miss some easy throws. So hopefully they can settle down, get back into rhythm on offense, keep doing what you're doing on defense. You'll be fine. Go Lions. All right, Lions fans, here we are. Halftime. Woo! I kind of forgot what happened after seeing that guy's leg get absolutely snapped in half. And boy, do I feel bad. Let's hope next year we see a My Cause, My Cleats uh, foundation for the chain gang and all those officials. Sneak preview may or may not. You're now in the running for Band Player of the Week. Get buckle, buckle up. Way to start off hot, though. I like that. You're starting to fizzle out towards the second half. Saints started to develop some steam. I like that we shut it down, though. Taysom Hill, the mobile quarterback, is the scary part. I think we just needed to go into the second half, finish taking care of business, and go home. That's it. Take care of business. Get out of there. Let's go live. First off, got to love the cleats that we're seeing today. Very colorful. Purple for Kaminsky. Those are probably my favorite. NFL doing something cool for once. That's nice to see. Uh, Other than that, tale of two different quarters here. The first quarter was electric. Awesome. Perfect. Almost. For the Lions. That's what we love to see after a poor showing against the Packers. Come out with a lot of energy. Defense looking better. Turnover right off the bat. Offense going right down the first drive and getting points, running the ball, setting the tone early. No Alex Anzalone. Fanzalone's still strong out there. Let's go Lions chance. Perhaps the loudest we've heard this season on the road. Um, And we made it a full quarter and a half without an offensive line injury. Frank Ragnow down with the knee injury. They're calling it questionable return. Sorsdahl out there in return, not looking awesome, but uh, you know what, what can we do? 
next man up. Uh, no, no excuses. Um, got to handle the counter punches now from the Saints. They uh, they looked terrible to start the game. Saints could not be playing worse. Lions could not be playing better. Now we're seeing the tides shift a little bit. Saints get the ball out of the second half. So let's get another turnover. We got one. Let's go for two. Maybe not on this drive, but in the second half, let's get another turnover. Why not go for two? Why not three? Let's go, Lions. You're doing great. Things that could be cleaned up. Penalty free in the first quarter. Then some penalties showed up in the second quarter. So just play like you did in the first quarter. And you'll get a win. Let's go. Did you hear what uh, what his injury is? He dislocated his knee. <laughs> All right. Can it just be-, be fine? Can you put it back? Can he put it back? I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I I kind of figured that's what it was because when he when he went to turn over and the whole bottom half of his leg just stayed, I was like, oh boy. He they knocked his shoe off or his cleat off. It's just disgusting. Yeah, they, thankfully they didn't show any replays on the tip of the broadcast. But my goodness, was that. I, I don't even know. That was disgusting. Was That's all I can say. Um, all right, a few bonus topics here before we talk band players. Mitch, you thought it was a PI. Um, I, I I can't remember. Was that Tyron Matthew or was that who uh, who that was? But covering St. Brown there, I just I know what you're talking about. I think it could have been called, but all day long they were letting people play and they didn't really call a lot of PIs in illegal contacts or holdings. So I think that just was the the way they were calling the game. And I also think that. Yes, there was contact with St. Brown on the shoulder pad there. Uh, I think St. Brown just kind of tried to grab him as well, the defender. And I think that that's what the, the ref saw, and they didn't they didn't call it. I think if he tries to break out from the, the defender there, I think he gets the call with a little bit more of a tug. I think he locked up too much. Yeah, I mean, you had it in the notes. So I was just trying to agree with you to make you feel better. Oh. No, I thought it was P.I. I thought... I guess, yeah, it could have gone either way, and they let some hand fighting go, but I don't know. In the end zone, that feels like one you have to call. I'd like to think I'd say the same thing if roles were reversed, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Matthew knows what he's doing. He's one of the top safeties in the league for a reason. Andrew, any thoughts? Okay, shaking his head, so that's a no. We'll use AI to, to, to fill in the void there. Last thing, wh- how incredible was this uniform matchup? The white, all white for Detroit, and the black for New Orleans. Just a beautiful sight to see. You know what would make it better? Any guesses, you guys? What would make the what would make it better? Blue helmets. Helmet? You're goddamn right. I don't know why they don't do that. I don't know why they don't do that. It it would just look too good. Is that what we're afraid of? Looking too good? <laughs> Boys need some swagger back right now. Let it, let it, let them, let them have it. Oh, by the way, did you see J Mo's calling himself Waymo now? I don't know what that's about. <laughs> like because they got a W, so he's Waymo. I don't know. Is it, Waymo is, that is also he's like he's Waymo than like a deep threat because I know he's been on the train of like <laughs> I'm, I'm more than a deep threat. Like obviously, dude, because you've only got really two deep threat touchdowns for us. Other than that, it's just all sweeps and reverses. True, true. Waymo was also like Google's driverless cars, so I don't, I don't know if that's the tie-in question mark, but uh, regardless, and the in the cleats today, I say it in my halftime. I said it in my halftime capsule, but the cleats are. I love the my cosmic cleats. Those are those are sick. All right, 
bits that brings us to band players of the week i will i will go first and looks like we're all in agreements here i got sam laporta but i before he had a couple more catches down the stretch i had in here and that's my surprise honorable mention that is none other than jalen reeves maven i mean he was making plays all day long on the special teams but he was also playing defense he had six tackles um today total and one pass deflection uh, what else did he have? What else? What else? What else? What good else in coverage. Good in coverage and yeah. open field tackles. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, Mitchell. Pat. He was coming off the screen and special teams with the open field mm-hmm. tackles. Yeah, filling in without Anzalone in the linebacking core. It was kind of linebacker by committee. We had Rodrigo in there, Barnes, uh, Campbell, of course, and then Jalen Reeves Maven in there as well. He's got the C on his chest for a reason, folks. So I would. Uh, Throw a very, very high honorable mention to Jalen Reeves Maven. Not sure if I missed it, if you guys have it in there, though. Would love to see Jack Campbell's PFF grades uh, coming out, because uh, I thought he had one of his better games of the year today. I didn't notice him today, which leads me to believe that you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll see how he does next week against Fields again. Yikes. That'll be the test. That might be a problem. Yep, mobile quarterback. Andrew, band player. I am going to follow suit. Going to give it to Sammy L. He is trying his best to get rookie of the year at the tight end position. You got to really, really, really stand out to get it. So he's going to have to break that all-time record to even have a an attempt here. Uh, my background, I was going to go with the chain gang crew, but after hearing that it's just the sprained knee... <laughs> I yeah, I think we can uh, move on from that. I'll give it to honorable mention going to the My Cause My Cleats Foundation. Always cool to see a little uh, shake up when it comes to the cleats. Yeah, I think it's a travesty that the you know the NFL players, God forbid, they just get to raise awareness all the time. But you know that's a different different discussion for a different day. Obviously, mine's Laporta with you guys, and I hate to uh, I hate to beat a dead horse. I know we talked about it earlier, but. I can't give enough love to the crowd. I mean, it's just incredible what the Lions fan base um, is doing. They really are. It's it's a traveling den this year, which is incredible. Incredible to be part of. Uh, and we want you, shareholders, to be a part of the vote. So vote below on Spotify. If you are listening on Spotify, vote for your BAMs as a player. You are the S. So vote for that, and we'll have those tallied up by Wednesday. Let's go to NFL week unlucky number 13. We had seven early games. Only one home team won in the early matchups. We had the Texans, the sole winning home team out of the seven that was in the one o'clock hour. So that's just incredible stat. Road teams, road warriors, heavy, heavy, heavy this week. Let's update you on the records recap. I'm at seven and four this week. Mitch is uh, record breaking 11 and 0. Just incredible, and and Papa B at eight and three. Although Andrew, maybe you can weigh in here, but should we have a little asterisk next to this one? Mitch, not a part of the last episode. Can we really be true that this was actually him making these picks? Oh, oh well, you know what? I guess the mute monster is going to keep him out of this one. Is that a ball Sorry. don't lie situation? Um, no, oh God, I even, I feel like my opinion is less than at this point. So I'm sorry, Mitchell, because I'm on your team here. Whether he, whether he had help or not, he had them all locked in before kickoff and before the show as well. So I was going to give it to him. 
Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate that. It's a shame that it's a shame that the mute monster came out of the depths to get you right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Ben. You can, Ben, if you if it makes you feel better, and I think it's maybe just because I've usurped you as the best record in the total running season. So if it makes you feel better, you can put an asterisk next to it. How do I respond to the word usurped? I mean, I mean, you're not only beating me in the records recap now, but you're also beating me in the spelling bee. And the grammar be like, this is, this is too much for me. I think I might have to take the rest of the show off. You guys good to handle the rest of this? I thought you were kind of mailing it in already, but yeah, what's up to you? They don't call it mail in season for nothing. It's, it's that time of year between Thanksgiving and Christmas where folks at work, you're not, you're not fooling anybody. We know, we know what you're doing. You're mailing it in this time of year. Looking at you, Andrew, I see that look on your face. He knows it. That's just the true American shareholder right there. I just got one thing to say if I have any coworkers that are listening <laughs> out there. I, over the next over the next few weeks I wanna see some treats in the office. I wanna I wanna see something helping us all get through it, okay? Yeah, it's a tough time. It's a tough time to stay focused with the holiday season and the snow. I know you Michiganders up there dealing with the snow right now. Who knows? You know, those those days where you gotta scrape the car off, those are coming. The roads are bad. You got to allow yourself more time. It's just a tough time for you all. So I'm I'm thinking of you guys. All right, let's update the uh, records recaps. As we mentioned, Mitch now the lead dog. I got to take the crown. Where's my crown? I don't know what I did with it. It's gone. It's gone. I think it's in a mail um, a mailbox near you, Mitch. Perhaps um, for you to wear going forward because you are one one game ahead of me now at one twenty eight and sixty five. I'm at 126, uh, 127 in 66, Andrew 113 in 79 uh, with two games remaining. So, Mitch, do you feel like, how do you feel? Or maybe, actually, maybe I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Nope, I'm not going to say it. We'll just. Well, we'll just... to answer your half question, I feel good because no matter what, because the three of us are locked into these last two games, Chiefs at Packers. Uh, as Isaiah Pacheco just does the high knees all the way down to the four yard line and uh, Bengals at Jags. So no matter what, I've got your ass right where I want it behind me. Okay. Are you going to eat it next? Isn't that how that rhyme goes? Got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. No. Nah, well, I must have been listening to a different rhyme. Shout out, shout out to all the parent shareholders. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to recover from that, but let's go to the Cowboys game on Thursday night. Seahawks, Cowboys, Cowboys. Sneaky in this one, nearly coming out with an L. Seahawks with the L, though. Cowboys, stay strong at home. Jake Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie, as some are calling him, put the team on his back dope. And not a good look for Quandre Diggs, ex-Lion, and Jamal Adams this week uh, on social media. Quandre Diggs, not a good look in that game. Jamal Adams, not a good look in that game. Jamal Adams doubled down with his tweets this week. And uh, yeah, that was bad. But Cowboys still haven't lost at home uh, in like two calendar years, I think. That's okay. People are saying the Seahawks bring out the worst in all of the potential Super Bowl champions defenses. Hey, this is why we gave the Jerry's World bump. Uh, We knew Gino was looking like he was coming back to true form here, but and he did. Uh, But Jerry's World gets the bump. 
take us to Eng- to New England. Yeah, the uh, toilet bowl of the week. It was a toilet bowl in terms of weather points. Uh, I don't even think the defense should get credit in this game. It was just <laughs> toilets all around. Chargers win it in an astounding six to nothing. This is saw the stat. This is the third game now that the Pats have lost without allowing more than ten points. That Disgusting. is maybe the most incredible stat. I texted you guys, I think this earlier. If you if you're a defensive player on the New England Patriots, you have to just hate your life right now. But you're you're playing good, good, really good football the last three weeks. That defensive unit is playing so good the last three weeks. And they're getting nothing for it. At this point, you just have to like, you really are just locked into, all right, well, we're just going to get a quarterback and everything will be much, much better next year. Do you think Belichick sticks it out? I don't know. I mean, I I feel like the writing is on the wall. I do. Th- I think it makes sense if you're the Patriots to just smash the total reset button. Just, Just do it. Let Belichick do whatever he wants, whether he goes to coach somewhere else or not. I, I don't know, but it might not be a bad time to to uh, let him walk and, and you get a new quarterback and you just start fresh. Yeah, they're kind of running into the same thing the Spurs had with, with Popovich and still kind of do have, but now they have Wimby. So we're not going to talk about San Antonio. Look, if you knew how many shareholders we had here, you might change your mind about that discussion. That's true. That's true. I know there's a lot of shareholders and I know... Um, I know there's a uh, close ties to shareholders for me and you. So shout out to everyone there. <laughs> valid, valid. But like much to much to we much that we say about the road warriors that are the lions. Yeah, I don't know if that was a correct sentence what I just said there, but I'm going to keep it rolling. Got a lot of them down in here in Texas as well. Lions fans are nationwide. I mean, Lions country, let's ride. I mean, it is it is it is all good in the in the in the Kool-Aid department. So so yeah, um second question for you before we go into Falcons Jets, and that is, do we see Kirk Cousins in a in a Patriots uniform next year? I, if Belichick stays, yes. If Belichick goes, no. I like that. All right. Well, you had you had a, uh, hinted at that before, and, and you made a you had a ton of good calls last year. You had Garoppolo to the Raiders, so so I thought you know I'd go to you for this department as well. Appreciate that. That makes me feel, that makes me feel better. Um, moving along, we go straight from the toilet bowl to the plunger. Falcons get it done against the Jets, and what was probably the second worst game of the week. Uh, you guys went Jets here, relying on the defense, which makes sense. But I think you forgot about how bad the Jets' offense is go is is going to be. I, however, you want to say it, it's it's abysmal right now. Yeah, we're dumb. Let's admit it, Andrew. We're dumb. A hand up. I I hate both of these teams. This is, I'm a, uh, accruing a lot of hate hatred for a lot of teams this year. Yeah, the Falcons once again that team that you just don't know what to do any with any any given week whether to pick them or not pick them. Arthur Smith, FedEx. I mean, it's 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 I don't know. They're kind of a cadence team similar to some other teams out there. But the Jets with this loss pretty much eliminated from the playoffs. I think I'm going to put the stamp on them that they're eliminated. I would agree. They're done. How bold of you. <laughs> no, no, it's really sticking my nose out there, my neck out there, right? <laughs> sticking uh, my nose out there. That's a new one. 
Must be a San Antonio thing. Andrew, take us to Houston. Speaking of Texas. Oh, goodness. And the streak has ended. Called it Broncos. Lose to the Texans. They tried to keep it tight. Um, almost came back. Um, Tank Dell was the big story of this game for me. I don't know. Do you guys know what was the official injury from him? Anybody know? Leg injury. Oh, God, it he's, was broken. Yeah, he's done, done. That sucks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah he's just coming back from good. another injury, too. It sucks. Yeah, it was even worse for Ben, who picked the Broncos. Ouch. Okay, well, let me talk about this game. And that, that uh, I will say that this was physical. I thought it was going to be an iron sharpens iron, and it was. It was very physical. A couple, uh, couple scuffles in this one. Stroud was taken on a, a linebacker, Singletary. Um, it was physical from the get-go. Uh, in a late INT seals the game for the Broncos' loss here. The Broncos were driving late in this one. Looked like they might have it in them. They sure didn't. Um, and the last thing I have on this game, Will Anderson, just a straight-up beast. And I did not know until I saw the postgame that he is the captain of that defense as a rookie. So I think we're going to be talking about Will Anderson. Uh, if, we, if we want to talk about Ben sticking his neck out there, here's another captain obvious statement for me today, and that is Will Anderson. We're going to be hearing a lot from him going forward. All right, no response from the, from the board ahead, members. Hey, All right, ahead. great. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Let's go to Akershire. Cardinals Andrew, with have a you W here. Sometimes when we stay quiet, Ben gets mad at us. Yeah, it gets my, it's my like social anxiety. It's like he thinks it's an old audio roof. only media. You well, see what we need to do is like an around the horn situation where like when when you like if you want us to talk, you have to like ping us. Just light our boxes up. Uh that's that's the case is I want more points. <laughs> I didn't okay. All right, that's not where I thought you were going with that. But I thought <laughs> you know Papa B's parents thing... must have run out of their Spotify premium account. Yeah. Uh, I I think um, lighting any boxes, we'll have to save that for off the show, for sure. Uh, but let's go to Pittsburgh. Let's go to Acker, sure, stadium. Cardinals with a dub, you hear. This game was delayed at least twice due to weather. Um, you know, shout out to the Lions share. You would have known there was going to be weather in this one if you listened to Walkthrough Wednesday. Uh, Kenny Pickett left the game in this one. Mitch Trubisky came in, which is always a losing scenario if you're the Steelers, and that's your quarterback, J.J. Watt, or no, T.J. Watt left with an injury in this one, but did come back. Uh, if he was done, I would have put the done chain on the, on the Steelers. I would have said their season's over. They've still got some life. I don't know what the picket injury is for sure, but um, yeah, shout out to you, Mitch, for taking the Cardinals here. I think, Andrew, I think you had cards written down, and maybe I talked you into Steelers, so I'm sorry for that. No, I just couldn't pick the Cardinals again. Oh, that's and right. Stop me if you've heard this before, but the Steelers did not want to win this game. That's all I could Steelers, think about. Yeah, the Steelers have the most wins for a bad team in the NFL, in, in my opinion. I think for some reason, I don't know if it's just the Tomlin effect, but the Steelers do not deserve to be 7-5. and five. You guys are with me? Knock if you're with me. Can't say that Ping anymore. Me. Um Colts, Titans, kind of a fun game. Two bad teams uh, ended up being an overtime game. And I think kind of one of the rare NFL overtime games where Titans get the field goal, Colts get the chance to respond, and Minshew Mania strikes again, leads them down for the game-winning touchdown. Just incredible, super fun. Um, Colts pull it out. Ben and I had the Colts. Andrew had, what do you call them, Andrew? You Looks like you call them the Tennessee Titties. Oh, interesting. Oh. 
NSFW. Sir, that's the tidies. Get it right. Oh, that's not how you spell that, but okay. Noted. <laughs> this game really flipped when uh, the Colts defense had that uh, score. Two blocked punts. When's the last time that happened in a game? Exactly. There there we go. And and that was the real story of this game. The the fact that they even got it to OT. Yeah, somebody might want to check on the Titans punter because I'm not sure if he is okay or not. But yeah, thrilling one in this one. Minshew's throw down the down the stretch in overtime. Chef's kiss. Just beautiful. Beautiful. Good for him. Happy to see him winning games. All right, let's go to Landover, Maryland, which is home to none other than the Washington Commanders. Weird, right? It's weird. Um, but the Dolphins, uh, I mean, what can we say about the Dolphins? Just incredible points, points, points for the Dolphins, top offense and, uh, a roller coaster celebration in the end zone for Tyreek and the, um, and the boys there for the, for Miami. This one was ugly and it was ugly for you too, Andrew. You had the commies. I tried to get uh, a little cute with this pick. Thought it was, uh, that time of the year where the Dolphins drop an unexpected one. And uh, shame on me when I walked out of the room and I saw a Tyreek Hill long bomb. I knew it was over at that point, but I was making myself a little ramen noodle. And I heard from the living room, the lady lion give me the, oh no. And uh, I knew it was over at that moment in time. I, I saw a Schefter tweet this morning. Jack Del Rio got fired from this defense coaching staff this week. And so they were they were going with somebody else, and I don't know who it was, but they were going with some 29-year-old who is going to be the the youngest ever to coach uh, or or call plays on defense or offense, for that matter. And when I saw that, I thought, well, this has the potential to be the worst decision ever, or maybe the best, and maybe we'll see a hidden gem in an up-and-coming star in the NFL coaching tree. But no, no, they, they hang 45 on the commanders, the Dolphins do. So maybe that 29-year-old, maybe that's not the answer. Yeah, doesn't feel like it's going to work out. Yep, that's you, you Andrew. It's you, it's you, Andrew, yep. Nope, nope, I'm not prepared. Not prepared for this one. It's just kind of a um, secret game. If you, want, if you don't want to talk I, about it, I feel like we don't have to. It was the whole week. It was the game that ever, never ended for me. Every time I looked up, it was like this game was still going on. That was still within a score of each other. It was like nobody could pull away from each other. Thank God the but for us the Bucks finally got a W. I truly don't know if the Panthers are gonna win another game uh, again this season. Ben, you said it earlier. I feel like it was a couple weeks ago. You said that exact statement. I don't know if the Panthers will win another game, and that is stuck in my head. And I truly do not know if they will. Yeah, because they really have to play a perfect game, and Bryce Young has got to stop throwing interceptions. They're just they're bad. Bad. I think the the more telling thing to me was that the the Buccaneers struggled. I think we all earlier in the season thought the Buccaneers were even after three and one. I think we all thought the Buccaneers were a decent team. I don't think that that's the case because they they really did struggle against a reeling Panthers team and organization for that matter. Yeah, and the Lions with the W over the Buccaneers earlier this season that's looking worse and worse as it comes down, which which stinks. Um, Andrew. Yeah. I've got to fill in the blank for you here. Brian Burns ejected from the game in this one for throwing a punch. That's a DQ. Nice. Thank you. Mitch, take <laughs> us to LA. <laughs> okay. Oh, Browns at Rams. Uh, Rams get back in the wind column. Stafford to Pukachu. Uh, 
Pukachu's the real deal. I know he got hurt. Did he come back? What's the story there? Yes. Yes. He, he did okay. come back. Thank, okay. Thanks to my fantasy team. That that ball was a laser. That was a perfect ball at Stafford. Um, ball from Stafford. I think, Ben, this is your note. You, you look at Stafford and you realize Goff maybe isn't as good as we thought he was. Oh, God. I'm watching in live time. Christian Watson scored a touchdown against the Chiefs. So there's, I don't think there's anyone I dislike more in the NFL than Christian Watson. And he's climbed the ranks very, very quickly for me. Uh, but yeah, nice to see, nice to see the Rams get it done. Stafford with a good game, three touchdowns, good for him. Um, the Browns started Joe Flacco. So, <laughs> I hey, at, at one point in this game, I he he looked okay to start this game. He looked like he was kind of threatening to light it up, and I was all prepared to say, "We did it, Joe. We did it." Andrew's muted, so you're not hearing his laugh, but he's laughing, folks. Hysterically. Yeah, the fa- I, I could not believe that. I, I kept thinking it was fake. You know, we had RG3 saying, give me a call, give me a call. And then when uh, they were talking about Flacco getting a workout, I thought it was just kind of one of those things. Ha 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 ha. Everybody's going to make the media cycle with this. And what do you know, Sunday, Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback. Yep, and it's real tough to win games if you're starting a 38-year-old Joe Flacco. So Rams continuing their playoff hopes stay much alive after this one, and we'll have an updated playoff picture on Wednesday's episode. But spoiler alert, Rams are climbing that ladder on the in the hunt, and uh, it's it's looking better and better for them. They do have a couple tough ones down the stretch, though. Uh, let's go to the last game in conclusion, and that is 49ers at Eagles. We thought this was game of the year, game of the week for sure. Uh, a little bit of a letdown, but it was a circus. A um, couple of ejections in this one. Andrew Greenlaw was ejected in that this one, so that's a DQ. Muted. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, 49ers, 49ers, uh, winners in this one against the Eagles. Eagles stretch of wins dies today. So, so I would say that the 49ers for me are the clear cut number one in football right now because they had they had their cold streak of three losses, but man, they have they have absolutely crushed two of the top teams in the NFL. They just they just dethroned the number one team in the NFL, and if you fast forward to earlier in the season, they put 40 on the Cowboys too. So, to me. The 49ers are right back where I thought they were earlier in the season. And until they get beat again, they're the number one team. Yeah, what was weird is how how big of a deficit this game really grew to. And they, were, they got very, very chippy there in the middle of it. Um, you guys saw with, with the fight and everything, punches thrown, not a real fight, didn't really connect. Um, but they're... They're really, I, I don't even know if I want to call the 49ers more consistent because the Eagles have been doing it a lot longer, but it seems like you come out of every game that they've had with a question mark outside of one or two. In the Niners, it's either they win and it's injuries and they're missing guys or they're, and, and they lose or they're blowing teams out. Agreed. I think these teams will, will cross paths in the playoffs and we may not, we may have a different scenario. Um, but, but yeah, what what do you guys make of, of the whole um do you guys do you guys think intent should go under the these ejections like if you throw a punch but it doesn't land does that still is that still considered a punch? 
I listen. You, you throw a punch against another player. I always think it's hilarious when guys punch guys in the helmets. It's just it's so funny to me. Whatever that, whatever the bodyguard Dom, right? I think was his name. Whatever he did, he kind of just separated the guy. Dude, you threw a punch against someone on the sideline. I don't care if you barely hit his chubby little cheek. You still threw a punch. Don't act surprised when you get tossed from the game. Green, he's all pissed off. Shanahan's all pissed off. Sirianni's like, Sirianni had to calm Jalen Carter down at at the end of the game. I don't know if you guys caught that. Jalen Carter was literally crying because he got a personal foul. And Sirianni's like, oh, we got to, you know, we got to play with our emotions and check. Dude, that can't come from you. They they see that from you. So, yeah, I don't. To answer your question, after my little rant there, if you're gonna get ejected, land the punch. But you're getting ejected either way, so you may as well connect. Yeah, man, uh, I I agree. But uh, also on the same side, I don't think intent really matters. I mean, the refs have to do what the refs have to do. They have to get the situation under control. That's the biggest thing. If you don't eject somebody, he throws a punch. Then that what's that stop the next person? Well, he didn't get ejected. Now the oh. other team retaliates because their guy got ejected. Like it's just it's the landslide effect, and and you have to take control before it's too late. I think it was the right play. Landslide, bring me down. Um, what was I gonna say? I ruined it with my. You, you got caught up, huh? Yeah, you got I did. Up in, yep, yep, yep. Oh, that was what it was. It was Sirianni, like. I don't know. I, I haven't been the biggest Sirianni fan, right? But what he said against the Chiefs after the Chiefs game still feels like that's going to come back to bite him later this season. I don't know yeah, if you guys saw him mean. walking that's... into the tunnel, like the whole, like, I don't know. He's kind of, I don't exactly want to call him a I'm fake tough guy, but. The problem is I think he's a real tough guy, but at a certain point, it's the act like you've been there before. Dude, you were in the Super Bowl. You are not some underdog that everyone's just chirping all the time. Everyone heralds you guys as a consistent top three in the league. You don't have to do that. I don't know. Yeah. But that is what that's exactly what I was referencing. He talks a lot. Well said. Well said. Um, um am I seeing the score correctly? It's fourteen to three Packers over the Chiefs right now. This is yeah. scary. It's it's a little gross. The Chiefs are kind of dealing with a little bit of the injury bug already. Um Yeah, this is this is a little concerning. The Packers Jordan are Love supposed has two to be touchdown bad for passes a couple already. more years. Yeah, Jordan Love yes. on a tra- trajectory I don't like. Um, but I will say the Chiefs were down 14-3, to I think, last week to the Raiders, too. I think about the same score and then came back and won. So, and, and, and let me ask you this. You're watching it on the TV right now, are you? Both of you? Are, are we getting precipitation in this one? Is it snowing, raining? Are we getting anything there? If we're going to um, talk about this, so we t- I think we should talk about like several of the games today, and I don't know if the cameras are just too good, but I can't see the rainfall anymore until it gives me certain angles. Well, that's the focal length of the wide camera of the of the main broadcast camera. That's the that's the reason for that. But that's I think a whole it's different- dry. It looks it looks rather dry. I, I okay. think it's dry in 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 our face in my face. At the coach's handshake at the end of the game, Nick Sirianni apologized to Kyle Shanahan. So typical, okay. typical me eating crow. Well, well, we'll just forget what we said, shareholders, about all of the last ten minutes. Let's go to college football real quickly before we get to the end of this show. Uh, college football, huge weekend, crazy. 
playoffs are now set in the college football. We'll have a little bit more about this on Wednesday, but obviously the big news is the updated rankings, Michigan at one, Washington at two, Texas, Longhorns, Hook'em at three, and four goes to Alabama, the Crimson Tide, which is is unfortunate uh, for FSU fans out there, but you don't need to hear us debate that because that's going to be talked about for the entirety of the next, I don't know, 48 to 72 or 120 hours on anything related to football or college football. So we're not going to talk too much on that. Um, how about Michigan though? Your number one team. Uh, all due respect to Michigan. Let's get one thing in. Let's just give our respects to Jim Leland first. National baseball hall of fame. Congrats Jimbo. Oh, I had no idea. Is that breaking news? Pretty much. Yeah. Within the, yeah, I, I think honestly, with- Honestly, I thought oh. you were going to tell me he died. Wow. Wow. Why else would it's you? It's pretty messed you up, said, man. Pay, your, pay our respects to Jimmy. Yeah, yeah that was, entering that was the a little bit thing. of an odd way to start it. Thank you. I think yeah. it's the first time Mitch has ever came uh, in support of me. I will say. Uh, it's the first time he's what? Stop. <laughs> I will say <laughs> Michigan deserves number one. The, what I will say is. This is the problem with a 14 playoff. It just got exposed. Next year will be so much better when you have teams like Florida State that can prove everyone wrong, Ohio State, Georgia that can get in and and maybe get their eventual revenge game. Four four teams just isn't enough. And and that's the problem. And it's really, really a tough situation. It really sucks for Florida State to the point where their initial starting quarterback, whose name escapes me at this moment in time, comes out and says, I wish I would have broken my leg sooner so you guys could see what this team is about. That's so sad. So uh, NCAA and their stupid rules and their stupid setup strikes again. I can't wait for next year when more teams have an opportunity to win the Natty. Jordan Travis is well, the name, me, I think. Thank you. Let me ask this question because I, I don't really know. Everybody says the committee makes the decision. The committee, the committee. Who is the committee? Can we get some names? Like, can we get some accountability on well, something? Well, they, they had the picture that they took. They all watched the game together, all sitting in recliners. 13 of them, I believe, is the total. So there you go. And it's like ex-politicians. I think, isn't Condoleezza Rice in there? Or maybe she's the Heisman voter. I don't know. There's a couple names in there that are, are public names. I don't know. But it is a weird situation. And I think you're right, Mitch. The 12-team does solve a lot of these issues. But I do think... We're gonna have you're still gonna have issues because there's gonna be a three team team a three loss team over a two loss team at number twelve or whatever it may be. Those issues are gonna come up regardless, but it, it it will be a better system than they have right now, and it will be a lot different next year too. Not just with the twelve team playoff, but with basically a big two right with the power five going to a f- power two with the Big Ten and the SEC. So. The landscape's really going to change, and it's going to be a whole different thing. TV contracts are changing, conferences changing, playoffs changing. So college football is going to look a lot different next year, um, but really it's going to look a lot the same too. That was eloquent, Ben. It's going to look a lot Thank different you. and a lot the same. The more things change, the more they stay the same, I think is the saying. So I think that's what it'll be for college football. wanted to bring this up to you guys. Yeah, that uh, we, I know you guys watched Michigan yesterday, and – and and across the season at times, Andrew, I know you don't watch it as much, but I would love to see Mikey Sainer still in a Lions uniform. I don't know about you guys. Okay, great. Great. 
No one agrees. I think we need our college football expert to, to come and talk about okay. something. I heard he had some scheduling conflicts, but you know, hope to hear from him soon. All right. Well, he, he would definitely have more information on this, but he is a dog. He is a dog, and I think he'd fit on this defense very, very well. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to save my draft thoughts for uh, a, a sure. much, much, much later episode. But I think, um, I think after today, I was, I was screaming for more big bodies for sure. I want, I want yep. quick guys in free agency, and I want some more oily, big butt gentlemen down low on offense and defense. Oily. I think we're getting our offensive line depth is getting exposed, but I could go on. BBLs coming to a Lions team near you. All right. Big booty Lions. That's right. Hey, hey, oh, there you go. Nice. Uh, last thing. Did you guys see Pat McAfee on game day? Because it was hilarious. That was the best troll maybe of all time. Ben, I think you told me about this. I definitely had to go look this up. I, I did get a good chuckle out of it. It was hilarious. And I hope he's back on game day next year. And uh, Theo Vaughn was pretty good too. Him and PFT definitely the take the take the champion seat for for guests on game day this year for sure. Uh, it's close first and second for them. Why we're on him crazy? So many people took Iowa over Michigan. Just well, looking for the the upset. Uh, yes, agreed. Um, it was kind of clickbait because they have like a a thing on game day where they pick against the spread, and so in order for Corso to catch McAfee, he had to take Iowa to against the spread or whatever, however it works, right? So he that because he needed that win in that point spread of twenty two or whatever it was, that's why Corso did that. And so Pat, because he didn't want to relinquish the lead, took the same game as um, Corso, so that he no matter what the outcome, he still won. So that's kind of why. And then Theo Vaughn, I think Theo Vaughn was just being Theo Vaughn and took Iowa because. They, that's Theo. He's on brand by taking taking Iowa there. All, All right, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Closing time. Let's get on out of here. We we mentioned it in the last episode. We we had uh hinted at the Lions Broncos moving to Saturday night in week fifteen. It did get moved. It's gonna be Saturday night, eight fifteen on NFL network. And if you're in the Detroit metro area, it will also be on your local Fox station, I believe is the is the way it's going. Opening line for next week against the Bears, the Lions and the Bears at Chicago, of course, on the road, four and a four and a half point favorites. The Lions are with a over under sitting at forty six and a half, and uh, we'll update that on Wednesday as well as the weather, which will be a factor in this one. This is the Lions' last road game of the year there in Soldier Field, Chicago. So, more on that to come. Spotify wrapped. Yes, Andrew. I know it's the. Did you say it's the last uh, outdoor game as well? That's what I said, right? Or did I say road game? Okay. I thought you said road game. Thought oh, maybe sure I, what that's what I meant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me honest. I like that. Um, Spotify wrapped is out. Uh, we mentioned it in the last episode. So that's pretty cool. If you've got us on your podcast, let us know. Andrew. Andrew, I know this is important to you and I. We used to go to Subway all the time. The Subway coming out with a foot-long cookie. Uh, we've mentioned that we would do the JMO burger if the Lions do make that playoff berth. Um, so I think we've got to add the 12 inch burger or 12 inch foot long cookie. <laughs> 12 inch burger would be wild. <laughs> 12, oh, Andrew just got me. Andrew got me so good because I saw Andrew's face. Oh, it broke me. The foot long cookie. We got to add it to the second list. One. 
<laughs> give me that yeah, 12, no. uh, give me that 12 inch uh, beef patty i believe they're also doing a promotion we're getting free cookies one day oh subway at subway yeah you're gonna have to look into it i think they're giving away free footlong cookies one day just a little treat okay well a 12 inch cookie in honor of number 12 that's hen and hooker that'd be pretty cool uh you guys see how bad the pistons are it's bad. It's really bad. They're they're so bad. Two and eighteen. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, completed no win November. Yes. yes no back. win November. Oh, sorry, basketball fans. I just had to throw that out there. I, I not a not a not anything that we ever cover here on the line share. But my God, is it bad? That's because um, we care and, about you, shareholders. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're saving you. We're saving you. Another thing that is so bad and so cringy is the. Greg Olson, Kevin Burkhart commercial where Greg Olson is trying to do the terror. It's it's just so forced. I just don't understand. And I'm so sick of seeing it on my television. It was it was funny the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. But now I'm over it. Like, they're just beating it to death. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart's a pretty good team. I, I think people generally are feeling pretty warm about Greg Olson in the booth. Like, uh, he's up there, right? Um, I think he's a good personality and unfortunately will be taken um, out of that booth when Tom Brady comes to the booth next year. But uh, it's uh, it's a bad commercial. It's it, it's got to go. It's so cringy. Um, and something that's also got to go and it's a sad that it's got to go is one Mitch from Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne's last episode, I think. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. We really do appreciate it from the shareholders and Andrew and the board. We really do appreciate everything that you bring to this podcast, and uh, we wish you the best to you and the Lady Lion 2.0 uh, in the future, and we hope to have you back on whenever that happens. Yeah, thanks, Ben, trying to bring the first uh, the the first shareholder cub into the world, which is supposed to be sometime this week. Um, I'll be back. I'll be back. Hopefully I'm back for a nice, deep playoff run. And uh, it, it might be in some short burst appearances, but I, I will be back. But excited to keep listening to you guys. Excited to get my picks in. Um, after such a hot start to this week, I'm just going to blame any bad weeks on deliriousness and lack of sleep. But I'll be here in spirit. Blame it on the Delulu. Um, click follow if you're on Spotify or Apple. We do appreciate it. That's the most important way you can support this podcast. The other way is to rate us five stars on Apple and or Spotify. And please share. Please share. I'm having a child. We need it. Please share. The more listens we get, we need the revenue. No, we have enough, but we could use more. Yeah, childcare is expensive. Yeah, Mitch, your homework is uh, is uh, let all the other dads know that are waiting for their other little babies to come. Uh, hey, you need something to listen to while we're waiting here? A little quick download. I like that a lot. Yeah. In the delivery room. Yeah. I like that. Spread the word that way. You know, there's a lot of, sure, you're going to be surrounded by other dads who are going through the same thing, just waiting those countless hours. So, what better than to uh, listen to, you know, an hour and 20 minutes worth of the Lion Show? I'll plug. I stand. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go, Lions. We'll be back on Wednesday. Preview the Bears matchup. Let's go, Lions.
I saw the saran wrap on the window so so long ago, and I was like, God, that takes me back. <laughs>